Welcome to US Rail Journeys, Series 1. Episode 15, From Reaching the Sierras to the Donner Pass, on the California Zephyr. So we've now left the meadowland around Reno, if you could call it meadowland, and we're now up into the hills of the Sierras, climbing steadily. On our left is the Truckee River, and we've just crossed the state line between Nevada and California. The wooden structures you see off to the left side of the train, running parallel to the Truckee River and above the water level, are called flumes. Now these flumes are used to carry water downstream to small hydroelectric plants. Now, we passed two of these hydroelectric plants this morning, and they both seem to be operating. The flumes were once notorious for their leakage. Uh, they've been uh, repaired in recent years, and in the winter months when overnight temperatures often dropped into the single digits, the water would freeze in the old days into huge icicles, sometimes 15 feet long. We're now passing through a valley as we're climbing steadily in the mountains. We're on the far left-hand side of the valley as we're going up. Then there is the other track from the railway below us two-lane highway and across the valley we have the flumes. I'm with Ian now who comes from Liverpool. When he speaks to you you will notice that the accent is not Liverpudlian because in fact he started off I think in Sheffield. So Ian why are you on this train? Tourist basically. Um, I uh, started in Chicago and I'm on my way to San Francisco and I thought uh, instead of flying Taking the California Zephyr would be a good way of seeing the country that you normally fly over and then give me a chance to see some of the scenery that they have here. And have you found it magnificent? Um, to be honest, I was a little bit disappointed because we've had a diversion uh, between Denver and Salt Lake City, so I didn't get through the Rocky Mountains as I'd, as I'd hoped to do, so we didn't get to see that. But this is sort of okay on the, uh, the third day of it we're in the uh, Sierras now and it's looking pretty spectacular out here so it's been overall it's been okay it's just a shame we couldn't go through the Rockies I think yes yesterday as I commented before going from car scrapyard to car scrapyard was quite yeah, an interesting yeah. journey yeah we saw a lot of uh, abandoned cars lots of factories lots of empty lots Lots of scrubland, um, particularly in the morning, it was not a pretty sight. It was okay in the afternoon, got some nice bit of snowy mountains to see, so that was quite good. Is this the only train trip you're doing in the US? or? Yeah, this is the only one for now. Um, I might do a few others, there's a, one down to New Orleans which has taken my fancy, so I might do that one, but so far this is the only one. So when we get to San Francisco, you'll be having a few days in San Francisco? Yep, uh, six nights in San Francisco, doing all the usual touristy stuff, moseying around, Golden Gate Bridge, Alcatraz, etc, etc. I think there's a bluegrass festival in um, Central Park for three days, so I might wander up there. Uh, but yeah, the usual touristy stuff, first time in San Francisco. And when you get home, I presume it will be another train to Liverpool? Uh, it will be 
Heathrow, an hour on the tube into Euston, and then Euston back to Lime Street, Liverpool, which is only about two and a half hours, which is nothing compared to this, except if I end up with a bunch of drunk Liverpool fans, which will be a very, very long journey indeed. <laughs> yes, may, maybe maybe the scrapyards of Colorado are <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Slightly more well-behaved than drunk Liverpool fans out here. <laughs> and what do you do when you're at home in England? Uh, I work at the School of Tropical Medicine in Liverpool. Um, so basically we get lots of samples from patients, lots of unpleasant samples, um, which we test for parasite infections, things, malaria mainly, lots of malaria samples. We're also looking for things like tapeworms, uh, tick uh, bites and so on, um, filaria infections and so on, and just spend the day checking for bugs. Why do you say malaria is quite a major part of it? Is malaria growing as a, as a problem these days? Uh, it, it is, particularly for um, English travellers, because we're travelling to a lot of places um, overseas now, a lot of students going on gap years. Um, a lot of people visiting family in Africa or India um, so they can always come back with malaria infections you can often see there's a species of malaria called vivax plasmodium vivax which is common in India and you can see a lot of the families who travel out to India to see uh, family over there and then they come back to England they will have vivax infections and they tend to be in the um, the north of England, sort of the Blackburn, Bradford areas where there's lots of Asian communities so you can see that as, and also lots of African students who go over sort of Christmas time to Nigeria and places like that, they will come back with uh, malaria as well. Thank you very much. This is very twisty and turning as we go along and frequently I can see the locomotive only four carriages in front of me as the bends are very steep as we progress up into the Sierras. A few miles past the state line, we reach Floriston, where rainbow trout, brook trout and German browns travel up and down the Truckee River from Birdie by means of a fish ladder. The highway is quite a height above us, probably 150 feet, and we've just passed a car halfway down the slope in the rocks. We have just passed through Boca. It's where the little Truckee River meets the big Truckee River. It's also the coldest place in California and recorded the lowest winter temperature anywhere in California ever in the 1930s. This gave a business opportunity to a local company that created some freshwater ponds, which in the winter when the water was frozen, they harvested the ice, packed it in sawdust, and shipped it down to the Central Valley of California, where it was used to preserve the fruit that was being sent by train to the east of the United States. There was also lumber, but the town was mainly dismantled in the 1920s after the sawmill closed. There was also the Boca Brewery, that produced something like 30,000 barrels of beer a year. We're coming into Truckee, still three hours late. We should have been here at 9.37 in the morning, but it's after 12.30 in the afternoon. 
Not that it matters. The countryside is beautiful, the day is wonderful, and there's virtually no clouds in the sky at all. The station at Truckee is 5,900 feet above sea level, so we've been climbing quite steadily since we left Reno. Here in Truckee, we're going to exit from the 12 car, the 512 car. That's a car directly in front of the observation car, only for those passengers leaving us. If it's not your stop, please stay on board the train. Truckee coming up. For those of you who enjoy the silent films, the town was used as one of the sets for Charlie Chaplin's classic silent film, The Gold Rush. The station originally opened in 1891 and was used by 9,855 passengers in 2013. In addition to the California Zephyr, the westbound train normally arriving in the morning and the eastbound train in mid-afternoon, the station is also served by Amtrak's three-way coaches, which run three round trips a day between Sparks and connect to trains to Sacramento. Truckee is basically in a plateau in the hills and was a lumber servicing town. We've left Truckee and we're travelling now through a mainly coniferous area with lakes and pools below us. I've been persuaded by our lounge car attendant to have one of his Bloody Marys. He is supposed to be the best mixologist on the California Zephyr route. So, I'm hoping I'm going to really enjoy it. It looked good as he made it. We now have to climb 600 feet to get up to Donner Lake. To do that directly would be an impossible gradient. So the engineers, when they built this line, first of all put in a horseshoe curve, which means that the westbound train will ultimately be going eastbound for a period of time. And then we go through an S-curve where, in a tunnel, we will take a sharp left so that we come out at the top going westbound again. The amazing engineering of 150 years ago is still something to behold today. We're now going through a four mile long tunnel that was built when they rerouted the railway from one side of the valley above Donner Lake to the other side of the valley. Donner Lake was named after the leader of a party of people who were traveling from Illinois to the west coast. They were stranded by early snow during the winter of 1846 to 1847. Some of the party carried on to Sacramento to call for help whilst the rest stayed at this lakeside area. Sadly, only 48 of the 87 survived as some of the party resorted to cannibalism to keep alive. We have also passed through a series of snowsheds that protect the track from being blocked by the more than 30 feet of snow that falls in a typical winter. We have now exited the tunnel through Mount Judah, some 7,000 feet above sea level, the peak point of our climb across the Sierras. We've passed the ski lift from the adjacent Sugar Bowl ski resort that carries skiers over the track. The resort was closed during World War II for fear that Germans might blow up the tunnel and block this key transcontinental rail route. Much of the rock around here is granite and that of course caused significant issues, particularly 150 years ago when they were building tunnels completely by hand with a bit of black powder to help them. 
About 12 miles from here, the Southern Pacific City of San Francisco Streamliner, with 226 passengers aboard, got stuck in a freezing blizzard for three days in 1952. So I'm with two guys here from the Railroad Museum in Sacramento and the first I'm going to speak to is Jeff who is actually doing the commentary this afternoon on our trip through the Sierras. Hello Jeff. Hello, how are you? I'm extremely well. It's absolutely stunning scenery. Yes, we, we enjoy uh, coming up here every time. It's beautiful. Summer and winter always see something different but uh, never stops to be amazing. You came out on the train yesterday going east to Reno? We, we left yesterday from Sacramento and we uh, ride all the way to Reno, uh, giving commentary along the way. We stay overnight in Reno and then we catch the return train the next morning. Uh, hopefully it's in the morning. Today was three hours late, but that's not that unusual. And I'm told last week it was even later. Yes, uh, Union Pacific Railroad uh, has scheduled some track work, and we knew it was going to be late. And uh, in those cases where it's extremely late, uh, docents sometimes will take the bus back instead of waiting for the train. You, you're looking out for the landmarks as we go along the track, and hopefully then being able to tell all the passengers about what's going on. Is that correct? Well, yes. This route over the Sierras is, is uh, extremely important in uh, California and uh, U.S. history Ladies because. Ladies and gentlemen, we're doing last call for lunch service in Danny Car. Last call for lunch service in Danny Car. Please wait at the door to be seen by member staff. Last call for lunch service in Danny Car. Thank you. This this route connected California and the West to the rest of the United States. It was very important in the development and led to uh, some. Uh, wonderful development for California economically with the gold rush followed by the agricultural development in California and uh, trade with the re rest of the United States. So extremely important in the history of America as well as being a, a tremendous engineering feat over these very steep Sierra Nevada mountains. Well, thank you very much. Uh, I think we're probably getting to the next point where you have to tell the passengers something. <laughs> This podcast has been made by the Mr. T Podcast Studio. Thank you very much for listening.